Welcome back, everybody. We have an exciting guest. Uh, Adria Tanner is here to talk about her new show, uh, Fetish, which is available on YouTube, uh, Vimeo, and a bunch of other platforms, and we'll link it right below the video. So go please look in the descriptions. We're going to talk about all of the appearances that you've seen her in before her one-woman show or shows, because you've done uh, three from what I gather, and the fact that we're both from Detroit. So we're going to start right there after I welcome Adria to the program. Thank you so much. This is really, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you. It's, it's my pleasure. So I, I know that uh, you, know, you at least did some part of your growing up in Detroit, in the suburbs of Detroit. Which uh, which suburb? I went to Berkeley uh, High School in uh, in Southfield. Oh my goodness. Um, so my grandmother lived in Southfield. I uh, spent the first four years of my life in Birmingham, okay. which is a suburb as well very close to Southfield and then we moved to Bloomfield Hills yeah I, I have family in Bloomfield Hills and West Bloomfield uh, in Novi until they moved uh, uh, in Farmington Hills I think and then I spent most of my time when I was in high school in Southfield and Oak Park so nice nice I spent a lot of time in Southfield I was very close to my my grandma she was yeah. Uh, a, a, an idol of mine. That's that's nice. Um, yeah, my my grandparents were there as well. We still have, I think, half of our family is in is in Detroit, so uh, we visit when we can. Lately, oh, nice. yeah. So hopefully, sometime soon again. Um, do you hear from people again, the outsiders, the people who did not grow up in Detroit or didn't spend time, you know, in the area? Uh, I keep on hearing that. Oh, Detroit. Mm. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Detroit is a beautiful, beautiful place with incredible, you know, suburbs. It's very green. There's, you know, beautiful, beautiful places. Do you do you get that uh, same uh, hate from people who don't know? Yeah, I mean, I think Michigan in general has a bad rap. And um, but I, I, I enjoyed my time there. I felt it was a very soulful place. I mean, uh, the Motor City music. Um, and that's, you know, uh, that was a big influence on my life. Is my 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 grandfather was a song plugger for Irving Berlin, and uh, my grandmother loved to sing, even though she couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. So I feel like Detroit, and and it's beautiful. There's so much. There's the lakes, and and you're right. Like the summers there are incredible. Yeah, I'm in Chicago now, so I'm not that far away. But yes, Michigan will always have uh, a place in my heart. So anybody in our audience that's from Detroit or from Michigan, hello. Uh, we love you. We love the uh, we love the city and the and the state. Okay, moving on. So um, you have uh, you have a show that's uh, that's now streaming. I watched the first few episodes, which definitely got me hooked. I want to watch more. Um, very very interesting uh, concept. Uh, I know that you and a uh, kind of a co-creator um, mm -hmm. decided to put it together. What uh, what was the impetus for that particular show? So I uh, I think I think it's really important for actors in their career as soon as possible to figure out what their archetype is. And it was tricky for me because I, I look sort of suburban, like the normal girl next door. But there's also this wacky side to me that's sort of dis discoverable. Um, so I got cast in a in a pilot. Uh, by Michelle and Robert King, who then went on to do The Good Wife and The Good Fight. Um, this particular pilot didn't go, but the character I played was a suburban mom who was dealing porn out of her living room to pay for her, her kid's college 
to raise raise money for their fund. Um, and I just felt like, oh, okay, this is this is my role. This is my role. This normal looking woman who's doing this insane sexy stuff. <laughs> um, so it was a while until I met Kristen. Kristen Tracy is my my co-creator and and partner, writing partner. Um, and I just really loved Kristen. She was super funny. We met at what we call screenplay camp, which yeah. is um, yeah, <laughs> we both we both won a fellowship to uh, Cine Story, which is the foundation that honors excellence in screenwriting. Mm -hmm. um, so we met there, and I, I pitched her this idea. I wanted to write it with someone, um, this this woman dealing porn out of her living room. But then we when we realized at this point a lot of time had passed and porn streamed online so no one's dealing that in their living room <laughs> so we had to come up with something else so Kristen had had heard this story about a woman who was abducted by a guy who just wanted her to read to him and then he let her go free so that was kind of how we spun this we took the character of this normal suburban mom and put her in this crazy situation that's how we came up with it so then she becomes a fetish fulfiller yeah sort of like weeds only with fetishism fetish fulfillment yeah that's very very <laughs> cool. um i i was definitely surprised by the howling and and the mask but i it was it was it was a unique way to uh, to kind of get somebody into the show so it definitely grabbed my attention um very cool. And um, <clears throat> I know that, uh, again, how many episodes are out already? Because I, I know I've watched two and I thought a few more were available. There are six total and they all, we just dropped the sixth one. So uh, if someone wants to binge, they are, the season one is, is dropped. So you can do that. And is there a season two uh, forthcoming? Well, well, I hope so. Um, we, I, mean, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, with COVID and shooting and yeah. Just not sure how that's going to go. We're hoping that someone will love it enough to want to invest and make a, a season two with us. Sure. Because and it was something how, that we we produced ourselves. Yeah. And how was the reception to it uh, so far, you know, from the people who have watched it? I know I enjoyed it. I think people really like it. I think people think it's really weird. Um, yeah. We thought that the story was very aimed at women you know the sort of normal like i said suburban mom yeah. but the viewership has been mostly men so that's really interesting um that might affect how we write season two uh but yeah i mean i think people think it's good <laughs> it gets funny um you know, it's it's not like doing live theater where you're standing on stage and you get the immediate response. Um, but I mean, it's huge on Facebook for whatever reason. People uh, are are watching it there. Um, yeah, and I think it's really exciting. You know, with with this kind of thing, it's not television, so it's not aired and then it's gone. It's it's out there, so it can it can build and grow. And um, so we're, I feel like we're just starting out, even though all the episodes have dropped, I feel like it's just beginning. I think so too. Yeah. Because uh, again, there's, you know, 5,000 uh, hours of video dropped on YouTube every minute. So uh, it's, it, it takes, it takes a little bit of time to find the right audience. I know that with my own show. So I certainly, right, 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 uh, right. Yeah, certainly empathize, but I like it and it's, it's unique. What I found is that uh, there were times when I was laughing, there were times when I was 
uh, try to figure out, okay, did was that out of no that was in sequence so there were there were times that made me think uh as an audience member there were times that were uh just unexpected so it, it has a lot of uh, great elements which i which i enjoyed thank you thank you <laughs> thanks for watching you're very welcome and uh who was directing were you directing it as well i was directing it as well yeah, yeah. that's what? difficult uh to to um, be in something and to direct yourself. I, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of it, actually. Uh, I feel like I learn a lot as a director and am able to do, to do a better job from looking at things from the outside. Um, when I was in college, we did a, a, a production of Three Sisters, and we had two sets of sisters, which was really valuable, I thought. I know a lot of actors don't like to watch someone else you know, do a, do a role that they're going to do. But I feel like I have my own stamp on it. I know what I'm going to do. And I learned a lot from watching from the outside. So that was challenging. I had a monitor. I had people around me that I trusted. Kristen, my partner, was there. So that was that was great. Um, I, I feel like, you know, I, I feel like I did a good job. I feel like I understood the story. Kristen and I understood the story better than somebody else who was going to come in and, and who would come in and direct it. So, I mean, it's not easy, but I, I think it was good. I think I'm glad I, I did that. Yeah. And that's, that's where I was going with this question because it's not, it's not a easy thing to do because, you know, we as actors, we have a certain uh, feeling of, did we get it uh, correctly? Does it feel right? And then somebody looking, you know, through a monitor from an outside has a completely different perspective. I, I remember in one of your interviews, you were sharing that when you were putting together your one woman play, um, you know, you felt like you did uh, you did something correctly, and then you had to be directed of saying no, you have to move and you have to expand it. It, it uh, there is more to it. So we need kind of both of those perspectives uh, to make it right. And when you are one doing both, it's it's a very uh, unique uh, aspect that you have to deal with. Yeah, and I think that's what I love about about film and television. It's so collaborative. Um, you know, you're not just in a vacuum. Uh, there's a there's a team of people, and they're all making it better. You know, and they all have a different perspective. And I think I think that's what makes film and television so spectacular. Yeah. The other thing that uh, I, I thought about, again, you being the director, you being the co-creator of the project, and then you being the actor uh, in the project. And, uh, you know, there are there is certain level of, um, during different takes, there's certain level of um, improv that's going on. And, you know, an actor may feel in a scene like they should be doing this, or and they may try something else in a different scene. So you're playing somebody, you know, uh, Paul is captured. So... <laughs> You're playing somebody who's captured uh, by, you know, a, a gentleman in a in a particular suit. We're, we'll let other people discover it. And okay. that, does that restrict the uh, actor in a scene with you because he knows that not only are you an actor, but you're also the director and you're also the, you know, creator of the show. So there are things. Does that stifle any of the, you know, natural instincts, or do you have kind of a Hey, I'm an actress. You can, you know, do what what feels right at that moment. I mean, I hope that people 
felt I, I felt uh, encouraged to do whatever they wanted to do. I think I think it's tricky with comedy because there is a rhythm and the writing is very important in that. But I feel like the actors that I had were amazing and could stay in that script and and in the in the writing of it and then add their stuff, which I think they all did. I I cast all of those people, Kristen and I cast all of those people. Um, most of them were, I think all of them were friends of mine and people that I respected and wanted to work with. So hopefully that gave them also license. Um, and uh, the the person who plays the abductor, I can't imagine anyone thinking that his performance was reined in or restrained whatsoever. So I think I mean, we we should go and talk to these these actors. I I think they felt pretty pretty free to to try stuff. I mean, we had you know we were shooting um digital. We weren't shooting film, so it was fine to like try stuff. Uh, we were moving pretty quickly because I didn't have a lot of time, but um, I don't. Sometimes I feel like it's better when you don't have a lot of time because you're not in your head about stuff. You're not thinking like about these things. You're just yeah. doing it. So I don't know. Yeah. You tell me how did it look? Did it look like the actors felt free and? It's I um, it's it's too early for me to have any judgment because I've only seen those two episodes. So I want to, I want to see more in order for me to, uh, to, uh, to have a better uh, educated opinion. Um, okay. In the first few episodes, I didn't notice anything like that, but just, you know, thinking outside and putting myself in a position where I'm acting across from somebody. And I know that they're also, you know, my boss, as well as the actor, I, I was starting to wonder how I would feel. And that's probably where I went with that question. <laughs> Well, I think that because I was wearing a fur bikini, that there was a little bit of the the boss lady, you know, made, it made me a little more vulnerable. <laughs> so I don't think I was quite as scary. <laughs> yeah. The part that I found funny is the, you know, I'm not a complete pervert uh, aspect is that he was the one that put the fur bikini on you in the first place. And then, you know, he said, well, I'm not a complete pervert. You can go change. I'll be in another room. Well, you know, there's there's some aspects to it that uh, people should should understand. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I find it. <laughs> um, so I I also find and again there's you know I, I I'm dancing around this in my mind but to me it's hilarious so I'm just gonna go with it. Uh, when I heard about your first job, you know your first role in film or oh, yeah. on the big screen, you were a 12 year old boy uh, dealing with porn. And then looking at your, you know, looking at Fetish as the show later on and looking at some of the, you know, uh, uh, other uh, things that you have written and the one woman play that you have done, you know, kind of deal with the same uh, uh, same type of, um, um, you know, aspects. So yeah. that made me wonder if there is a correlation between the first jobs that we do in cinema to what uh, will come back uh, in our careers. And then I went back to my first job, which was um, in a gay movie smoking a cigarette. And I thought that is that, you know, what I should be looking forward to as my career progresses. You know, if, if you're kind of uh, uh, are the you know, role model for where that's that's going. So it was just something that made me uh, crack up, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I I think I think that is, and that was a very confusing way to begin my career, um, yeah. to have my first role, 
to be a 12-year-old boy, um, my agents then started to submit me for these bold dyke lesbian roles. And I just thought, oh, I, I guess this is what I'm, you know, I mean, okay. Um, and, 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 and then I realized, you know, I'm, the, the me, me getting cast as a 12 year old boy isn't, isn't, isn't the world saying that Adria is butch. It's the world saying that 12 year old boys are gamine and feminine. <laughs> and I was very, uh, I was, I was gamine. I was, I was, you know, I was 20, I was 22 and, uh, yeah, I was, I was, there, there was an androgynous quality to me. I'm just going to say that. Um, so yeah, that was a confusing way to begin. Um, and I think that the role that then finally spun me out of that mm -hmm. was I got cast as Diane Keaton's, no, I, I, I auditioned to play Diane Keaton's daughter in the first wives club and got very close to playing that part and they mm -hmm. decided that i wasn't butch enough because the, the girl was supposed to be a lesbian they wanted her to be a little butchy so is that okay to say that is that okay to say yeah uh okay. I, I don't have a problem with it masculine whatever um i don't i don't mean it in any derogatory way at all um so they decided that i wasn't I wasn't right for that part. I didn't. I didn't come off that way as a. I didn't come off masculine enough. Um, and so instead, they cast me as Diane Keaton as in as a young person. So I played her. And so then I feel like we kind of. I kind of got to go back to playing women, which is yeah. really more. Uh, I think you know me. Um, so. But I do think that the, the getting cast as a 12 year old boy. So I was I was cast as a 12 year old boy. And when you watch the movie, you are supposed to think I'm a 12 year old boy. But you're also supposed to think, oh, there's something off about this 12 year or weird or there's some strange thing. And the reason that that Hal partly cast me in that part. But so it, the, the, the scene is a 12 year old boy talking to this gentleman who has amnesia um and he is a big porn producer but he doesn't remember that um yeah. and he's wandering around with this porn magazine in his pocket and he hands it to me so and we're sitting there talking about the women in the porn magazine the naked women and how felt like if my feminist friends see this movie and this scene and see these two guys talking about naked women they're they're gonna think I'm a jerk. But if I cast a woman and there's a female presence in the scene, it makes it interesting and artful. <laughs> so that's why I was cast in that. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting how, again, it's all about perceptions. I also find it uh, a bit erotic that, you know, after that role, going back to what you just mentioned, after that role, you were submitted uh, for, for the butch uh, roles and then you lost to Amanda Peet because you weren't butch enough. So I thought that's that's pretty interesting. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I know you've mentioned that, uh, again, uh, during the shoot of uh, the First Wives Club, uh, you didn't have a chance to interact with, uh, with Diane, uh, which oh, no. I'm, I'm not sure if that would have been easy or are very difficult when you're trying to play, you know, a younger version of her. But... Uh, did you ever hear from her of what she thought of your performance? 
You know, I have run into her a couple times and said hello, and she's very sweet. Uh, I don't, I don't know if those women in the First Wives Club were really fond of the idea of these. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't. <laughs> she she didn't compliment my performance, <laughs> but I feel like what is she? I mean, like that's a that's a tough thing. I'm yeah. playing her because you know I'm playing her younger, so. Yeah. Well, uh, as long as uh, again, the, um, her voice over mine. So, I'm sorry. They were, they uh, they dubbed her voice over yours. They yeah. So so it was our performance, and then they they put the the those actresses' voices. They dubbed in their voices, so that the voices would sound the same. Interesting. Well, listen. Uh, you know, I've watched that movie many times. I haven't watched it for a little bit, so I'm definitely going back and and rewatching it, and I'll. I'll I'll make my own uh, uh, conclusions, but the fact that I didn't, uh, in a way, notice anything that was off, uh, I think that's all that we probably need to say is that if it felt right, then it was right. So, and uh, I, I never thought about it. So it was it was great to learn that you were, you know, the young uh, uh, Diane Kitten in that movie. Um, and you've done you've done a ton of uh, a ton of uh, roles. Uh, you've done a lot of commercials. I want to come back to all of that, but. As I was scrolling through your IMDb profile, uh, one of my favorite movies popped up, and I wanted to talk to you about uh, your experience on it. You had a very memorable uh, little role in uh, uh, in uh, You Don't Mess With the Zohan, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed and have watched, I don't know, at least 20 times, I think, since it came out. And I remember your scene <laughs> really well. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That how was did that, so fun. Yeah. Uh, how did that come about? I I just went and auditioned. Uh, my agent got me an audition, and I went in and taped it with the casting director, and they they booked me from the tape. Um, that was a lovely experience. I, he is a lovely person. He was also. Um, producing that and so he would run off set every single after every single take and go talk to the director and watch it um he was just super super generous very complimentary uh and 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 i i was part of that family for i mean i had this you know day player role in this film but i was sent gifts and uh there was a christmas party he he, he really treats his 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 cast and his crew um like like it's like a company you know and and, and they all work together all the time um so i was included in that for for a year and that was super nice it was really fun yeah i i i've loved them uh, since snl and then uh, you know all, over the years and seeing yeah, when I go to the movies, there are a few things that I would be looking for. I would be looking for either a story that takes me away into another world, you know, like uh, uh, Avatar. Uh, Avatar, kind of, you're just you're in that world, and uh, it's it's an incredible experience, and you want to be that. Or I want to be in an environment where uh, I am seeing the people on screen have fun, just genuinely enjoy being around each other and have fun, and in most of Adam Sandler's uh, films, that's that's the feeling. And I could care less whether this is an Oscar-worthy you know, uh, type of uh, performance. It's just 
fun. It's it's a group of yeah. guys uh, getting together to have fun, and I come out of there feeling uh, feeling great, and I enjoy the experience. So I will always uh, love it. Yeah, he's lovely. Well, I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad to hear that you had uh, that type of an experience. Oh, can I tell you a funny story about meeting him? Please, yeah. <laughs> So I went, I got the part and I went to the soundstage where they were, they were already shooting the movie and mm -hmm. uh, the costume designer, you know, put me in my costume and, and they said, okay, this is what you're going to wear. Cool. And then I, they said, well, Adam wants to say hello to you. So can you please go to the set? So I, I went and he was working and he stopped what he was doing and he came over to me and introduced himself and said, thank you so much for doing this. And I said, oh, thank you, you know, no problem. And then I want, I walked to my car, which was quite a ways and got in my car and looked in my rear view mirror and I had a huge piece of steak right here in my tooth. <laughs> so I met Adam Sandler, this big piece of dark meat in my teeth. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. Uh, it it may answer one of my questions that I was going to ask you down the road, which is what's yeah. the weirdest or most embarrassing thing that happened to you on a set? Um, so you know maybe that's not it, but it certainly yeah. could be in that category. That might be it. Yeah. Um, um, I'll have to think about that. <laughs> no problem at all. And then again, going back to uh, going back to the you know uh, a lot of the iconic. Uh, work that you have done on on television and Madman and Friends and uh, some of the other shows. Um, as actors, uh, you know, we get to do co-stars or guest star appearances. And when I was, uh, you know, coming up, and not that I'm a, anything accomplished as an actor, but when I was coming up and just kind of entering the uh, the industry, I just wanted to be on shows that I love. And you know, put me on billions. It's one of my favorite shows. I just want to be there. I don't care if it's you know if it's a co-star. I just want to be in that world. And to uh, as an actor, as you're obviously you want to make a career, but just getting onto these uh, places and being a part of that world uh, is is really interesting experience. Uh, did you? Was there any one of those shows that I've mentioned? And obviously, you've done a lot more than that. That was kind of that for you of I don't care. I just want to be in that uh, in that show. Well, <clears throat> I the show that I am the most proud of and thrilled that I got to be on is Mad Men. I mean, I love that show. I think it's brilliant. Mm -hmm. I thought the acting was amazing, the writing was amazing, the concept was amazing. I got the part on Mad Men before it had aired. Um, so I didn't know that I was going to like it so much. Um, so I just feel like that was just an incredible gift. Laura Schiff uh, is the casting director, Laura Schiff and Carrie Audino. Mm -hmm. And they brought me in um, knowing that they wanted to establish this group of friends uh, for uh, um, Betty and uh, I'm forgetting John Hamm's character's name. Oh, anyway, John. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so they wanted a, a group of actors that would be willing to do a sort of smaller part in this uh, beginning, but then come back. So uh, it was just, it just was great. Um, I, 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 that's my, that's my 
I mean, I don't know. There's so many things. I hate to I hate to play favorites. I mean, I I'm grateful for everything I did. I really loved being on Greek. That was so mm -hmm. fun. Um, I mean, anytime that you get to do several episodes of something and develop a character, it's just it's just a gift. It's a real gift, and I was lucky that uh, uh, I got to do that on on Greek as well. So, yeah. Did Mad Men start out as a as a guest star, or did you know that you were going to do? I think you did three episodes, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, did they tell you you're going to do more than one? They said that this would most likely, and that and and they were, I mean, that they they were saying that because they were trying to get people to do, you know, this part that wasn't, you know, a big big part. It was a mm -hmm. it was it was a smaller role, but they were trying to get good actors to do this because with the promise or with the it wasn't a promise. It was with the hope that I would get to come back, and I did. So I'm happy. Absolutely, yeah. And then um, I know again, you're a writer and uh, you're a director, and I know that at some point you kind of started writing for yourself. Um, did you start doing that because the industry kind of put you into uh, a uh, you know certain type, and you didn't feel like you were getting the roles that you wanted to play? Or was it uh, there was just not enough of it? Uh, what uh, what was the impetus for your writing? Yeah, the type was I'm a woman, and there just isn't as many roles. Um, I think that's shifting, but um, that was what the impetus was. Is oh, I'm not going to get to do this very much, or as much as I want to. So uh, I want to do it more. And so I started to do stand-up because I could get up any night of the week on stage and tell a joke and have people laugh at me. And there is nothing better <laughs> than that. Nothing. Um, it's also, there's nothing more terrifying except for doing a strip tease in front of a live audience. That's also extremely terrifying. So I've done these two things that scare the crap out of me. And I can, yeah. now I feel like I can take on the world. But yeah, so that was why I started to do Stand up, and then um, my stand up was never like it was never boom, 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 psh, you know, like I wasn't, I, I, it was more cerebral and more, you know, I, I definitely got laughs, but it was like talking about life and 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 thoughtful things. <laughs> so it, it naturally progressed into this uh, one woman show um, that became about. Uh, being single in LA and finding pole dancing um, mm. and finding myself through that, through that uh, movement, which was pretty amazing. Yeah. And um, I, I've heard you talk about it before and that, again, the, the whole idea of pole dancing and striptease is not really to do it for a man. It's to do it for yourself. It's to, um, you know, realize how powerful and beautiful uh, you are as a human being and as a woman. So was that part, you know, aside from the writing and the shows and everything else, you know, how did you get to that alone where you figured out that this is something that I needed to do in order to fall in love with myself or in order to grow as a woman? So um, when I was when I was young, I saw a documentary about a family and the parents in the family were developmentally disabled and the children were normal. And I know you're like, how does this relate to pole dancing? Um, so that is a common occurrence 
uh, developmental disabilities are not hereditary. Mm -hmm. uh, they're usually caused by complication in the birth. So that that's often what happens is that a developmentally disabled couple or woman will have a normal intelligence IQ child. Mm -hmm. um, the thing that was so interesting about this documentary was that the children were very behind uh, their most most kids their age because they weren't being read to, they weren't being asked inciting questions. That their parents just didn't have that that capacity. But mm -hmm. at the same time, they were also super and eerily advanced for their age because they were so much more capable than their parents were. So they were taking on very adult tasks at a very young age, and that fascinated me. When I um, moved to LA, I decided I wanted to learn how to write screenplays so I could write myself something. And I remembered back to this, this documentary, and I decided I was gonna write a story about a woman who's the daughter of a developmentally disabled woman. And it would be, I thought in my head it was gonna be this sweet family drama where like maybe coming of age, she like, you know, been taking care of her parents but has to go off into the world. But when I did the research about this, I discovered that children of developmentally disabled parents are more likely to work in the sex industry because they're never taught the boundaries around their sexuality. Now, I think that this might have shifted since I wrote this script because there's a lot of uh, systems in place to protect those children now that there, there didn't used to be. But yeah. that that became, so then my story became about a stripper. And yeah. I decided I needed to learn how to pole dance in order to play this part. Yeah. And at the time, and still now, Sheila Kelly had started, Sheila Kelly um, is married to Richard Schiff. She's also an actress. Um, she had done a, a movie called Dancing at the Blue Iguana where she played a stripper and she taught herself to pole dance. And then all of her famous friends, Allison Janney, Amy Peets, all these people <laughs> wanted to learn how to do it. So she started teaching it in her guest house at her house, which is where I started, is in her backyard. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, so I was I was learning that that movement to play this part, but it 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 completely changed my my life and me. And uh, I felt like I, I was, I, you know, found myself. It was great. <laughs> Growing up in Michigan, you know, things are a little conservative and, and a little prudy. And I was always, you know, uh, I, I, wouldn't, I, was, I was encouraged to cover myself and, you know, not be, not, not be sexy. And I, I think there's a part of me that really wants to be sexy. Someday I'll be sexy. <laughs> Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I, I think it's uh, again. Um, I'll come back. I'll come back to what you were saying in a second. But uh, in terms of Midwest, I always find it fascinating that you know because we have such a short summer. You know, I'm I'm in Chicago, so you're going from summer to almost winter uh, very quickly. Um, you have people in bikinis for about you know three months period, and everybody thinks it's absolutely fine because it is. And then as soon as it happens, if you're wearing something that's skimpier uh, and everybody already is back into their kind of warmer uh, dress, 
they're looking at you funny. And I, I, I always want to ask them, you know, just a week ago when it was, you know, 80 degrees outside, all of us were wearing much less. Why is this a problem for you now? I, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's kind of a mental thing that it's okay and this is not okay. We kind of uh, put things in buckets and don't know how to, uh, how to work between them. But yeah, um, the you know know thyself, right? As an actor and as a as a human being, the discovery of who we really are. What uh, is it about ourselves? And uncovering the areas that we don't want to dive into, and really actually discovering them allows us to not only have access to all of our emotional selves, but to really become a better and a stronger human being. So the fact that you did that and you overcame, you know, I'm sure certain, uh, you know, certain, no, uh, I think is, is very empowering. And having done that, you know, knowing that uh, in your, you know, one woman show at the very end, you know, uh, you're, you're doing a striptease. I think that's a very empowering uh, part and it shows just how far you've come in your growth and uh, self-love. I think that's a very, very uh, important part to hold on to. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I, it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, by the way, Richard Schiff is, uh, is one of my favorite actors. The uh, West Wing is my favorite drama of all times. So uh, I've had th- uh, a couple of people from West Wing on. I, I, uh, I haven't talked to the, uh, the regulars yet, but uh, it's, it's it's a show that will always be uh, always have a piece of my heart. That was a great show. It's such an important show. That's like yeah, why I want to be an actor. That kind of show. Yeah, and uh, you know, a lot of people went into politics uh, after watching that show. I'm not <laughs> sure where those people are right now, but that's a whole different conversation. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, other few things that I want to talk to you about before I jump into the, you know, the weirdest experience that you've ever had uh, on set. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your one woman show, you go from one character and in, into another, and then you're playing men, you're playing women, uh, you go into different dialects. Um, that's not an easy thing to do as an actor. So have you found something that works well for you that allows you to adjust on the fly and kind of snap into what the person uh, is, what the, you know, what the body is like, what the, uh, the energy is like. Have you found something that works well that allows you to do that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's all of those things. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a feeling, mostly, I'm terrible. Not, I'm not terrible. I'm not so great at accents. I, I'm, I'm, about, I'm working on another show, and, and that I'm going to really need to to work on the, on the accent part of it. Um, mm. But yeah, like the, the body, the, 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 the stance, the, 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 where the weight is in that character, um, what, what that character's thinking and doing, um, what, it, what that character sounds like. Uh, I mean, it's kind of a muscle memory, I think, uh, you know, bouncing back and forth and and even when I was playing myself I played myself starting from uh, a little girl from three years old to the present day so there is a different buoyancy in in my in my physicality too um so yeah I think it's it's a feeling um 
mm -hmm. uh, physical feeling of of that character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's great. I, I I applaud you for doing that and and certainly playing many characters uh, in one play. It's not an easy thing to do at all. Um, in terms of you know we all kind of have identities, if you will, and uh, from the from the art perspective, uh, because you've done writing, you've done acting, you've done directing. Uh, I I still feel bad that your high school teacher told you that you're not an actress, that you don't have any talent. Uh, thank you for showing her wrong. Um, the what would you as you're introducing yourself, and if you had to pick one of those, you know, actor, director, writer, uh, producer, obviously is another one. What would you say would be your one A, if you will? I mean, I I know the business of acting. That is what I have done. Um, so I, I know how to act and I know how to, you know, audition and, and get work. And I've done that. Um, the directing and writing, I haven't, I haven't been hired to do those things. I've hired myself to do those things. Um, I hope that will change. I think that will change. I actually feel that I'm a better writer than I am actor. Mm -hmm. uh, but life is full and it's, you know, there's certain steps you have to take to get to a point where you can be considered for a professional writing job. And I, I've focused on, you know, acting and, and, and it's, it's, it's not a, these are all huge undertakings. So like, it's hard to, I don't want to give up acting. I don't want to stop acting. And, but it takes a lot of, of, I mean, it takes, Full, more than full time, more than full life to to pursue any of those other disciplines. So I got to figure that out. <laughs> I have to figure out how to make that happen. Uh, um, yeah, I, I think all of us are in that same boat. You know, this the show is a full time endeavor, and I'm trying to balance everything else. And now I actually started turning down some acting opportunities because they're not exactly the right thing at this point in my career if i didn't have the show and some of my other commitments i would have done them but now i have to you know make those choices so i i, I get it yeah yeah um very very interesting okay so uh going back to some of the you know the fun questions of what's the most embarrassing or the weird thing that ever happened to you on set anything more embarrassing that that uh you know uh meeting adam sandler part i can't think of um, I can't think of anything super embarrassing. I oh, can, doesn't have to be embarrassing. Um, I mean, something that happened. I I, I got this script. Um, I got I got a script to audition for, and it was a weird audition because the script was going to be a silent movie. So I I wasn't I wasn't there were no lines. And I was sitting in bed and um, my husband came home. He's not my husband anymore, but he came home and he said, what are you doing? I said, I'm reading the script. It's it's silent. And he was he was silent and I was silent. And then a couple minutes later, we both laughed and thought like, yeah, that film will play at some obscure festival in Wisconsin and never, never you know what I mean? Like, like this is where I'm at. I'm auditioning for such an indie project. It's a silent black and white film. But on the way, so I, I ended up getting the part and on the way to work, 
I got a text from the casting director, Heidi Levitt, who is prolific and a, like, uh, she's amazing. She said, I'm so excited you're going to get to work with John Goodman today. John Goodman in this teeny little silent movie? Wow, that's kind of cool. Yeah. And I got to the set and John Goodman was there, Missy Pyle was there, like all of, all these incredible people. And so that film turned out to be The Artist. And it's a good thing, you know, I wasn't producing it because I wouldn't have ever seen it be, uh, you know, Oscar winning Golden Globe, you know, so that that's that's that was a really shocking thing for me to to suddenly find myself part of like the, this little movie I did is going to play. It's going to open can. That's what's going to happen. So yeah. that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, um, I, I saw it. It's been a little while. I'll have to revisit it again. Yeah, that's very cool. That's a great answer. Um, yeah. Actually, leads into the next question of, and you've worked with incredible actors in uh, in you know film and uh, and TV, but from a pure acting perspective, is there one that kind of just stood out or blew you away of saying, oh, okay? Like an an, an actor who blew me yeah. away. Well, from the first thing that comes to my mind is is Martin Donovan um, in in uh amateur which was the first movie i did um i i had i had an audition with the casting director they invited me to come to the callback which is where i was going to meet hal and there was an actor there who was going to read with me and i was still pretty new like that was my first job and in my experience the actors that were sitting there reading were actors that wanted to learn how to audition better you know mm -hmm. I just thought he was like some schlep actor. So I came in and I was, I, I think because I was auditioning to play a boy, I just felt really sassy and like badass. And I said, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And you, please do not start until I'm ready. I will, you'll know, I will nod. I'm not going to use my script. Can someone please be on the book? Cause I want to call a line. If I, I don't want to have this in my hand, whatever. I was just like, blah, blah, blah. and the casting director said, it was Suzanne Smith. She said, is the lighting okay for you, Adria? She's <laughs> making fun of how I was like bossing everybody around. I was like, yeah, okay. So uh, we read the scene and this guy, this schlep had it memorized and he rocked it with me. We rocked this scene and we did it another time and we rocked it again. And I thought, wow, that guy is good. I'm probably not gonna get this, but that guy's a good actor. And I mm. walked out and I got the part and then I realized that was Martin Donovan reading with me, that schlep actor. That's why he had it memorized, because he's going to play the part. Mm -hmm. That's how. He was a chemistry read as well. That I went to an audition and read with Martin Donovan and didn't know who he was. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't know you were going to be doing a chemistry read, right? Uh, right. Thankfully, they didn't tell you. You wouldn't wouldn't have been as right. sassy as you had to. That's very cool. All right, last question for you. Um, okay. You had a chance to go back uh, to, you know, right around that time as you were starting out in acting uh, and tell yourself one bit of acting advice from your vantage point right now. What would that be? Do everything. Don't say no. At the beginning of my career, my parents were very obsessed about 
the fact that I had, you know, invested a lot in my education yeah. and they wanted to know, like, they wanted me to make money. And when you're first starting out as an actor, and even now, the best things you're ever going to do are going to be for free. That's, what's, that's, that's the way it is. And the things that are, are not the most fulfilling artfully are probably going to be the things that you make the most money on. And that's just the way it is. At least that's been my experience. So there is a, a, a few things at the beginning of my career that I didn't do because it wasn't, they weren't going to pay me. And mm. I was working at a restaurant to pay my bills and that would have conflicted. But now like, I, I know you, you, figure, you have to figure that out. Like you, you, have a, you have a waitress job so that you can be an actor. <laughs> that waitress job should never, ever impede that. It should only, like if, if, it's, if it's preventing you from acting, then you gotta quit. You gotta do something else. You know, I don't know what it is, but you can't do it. You gotta, you gotta act. Take, take, take all, take it all, do it all. Okay, that's perfect. And that I think gives me the name of this, uh, of this segment. So thank you for that too. Um, okay. Thank you, Adrian. I really appreciate it. Uh, best of luck with uh, with the show. I will watch uh, the remaining four episodes for me. Uh, again, please, everybody, go uh, and and click on it and uh, do yourself a favor. It's a fun show. Uh, I hope there is. Yeah, right there, right there, <laughs> right there. Right there. Right. Uh, thank you so much for coming out. It's it's been a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for your generosity. Oh, of course, and uh, go Michigan. Uh, <laughs> All right, and thanks to everybody for tuning in to another episode of The Love of Acting. We know you love it as much as we do, and this is why we do that for you. Thank you.